Yo, welcome to the Winner's Paradigm Podcast, the podcast where we teach you how to recalibrate your mindset. Today, we've got an amazing episode with Dr. Julie Landry. She's talking about being a psychologist in the Army, and then she took out her service and started a business to help out high-level clients. So we're getting into the psychology of what to do to be successful today. You guys are going to absolutely love it. Got my story, you got yours. I've dropped blood, sweat, and tears on the floor. Then looked the devil right in the eyes and told him I want more. When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen, I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up. Been there and back a couple times, but I made it through that stuff. I realized if you wanna win, you gotta recalibrate your mindset. Before there's no time left, the winner's paradigm. Yo, what is happening, y'all? It's London. This is the Winner's Paradigm. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. I haven't jumped on here in a very long time, and I've been just grinding at the Winner's Paradigm, you know, and figuring out, hey, what's the direction we're going? What are we tapping into? How are we going to help people? What kind of things are we unpacking and showing people, hey, what peace looks like when you finally are able to get through years of trauma, frustration, pain being built up? So in order for us to keep this message going, I need you to drop a five-star review and a rating and let me know how this show's helped you so we can keep the shit going. Now, the second thing I want to say is um, go to MyFitLife.net if you use the code uh, TWP20, you get 20% off all products. These are the products I'm using as well. So I don't promote something unless I'm using it. Last thing I just want to say is uh, do fucking you. Do what fulfills you. Do what makes you happy. Do what's going to allow you to be able to get to that next level, to hit whatever it is, to be able to get over that goal. Because you may not be where you're at right now. Um, and excuse me, you may not be where you want to be right now. But when you look at it in a nutshell, you're one day closer to where you want to be if you're putting that work in. I know it's sometimes we want to beat ourselves up. I do the same thing, you know, where I'm working on the business, working on the podcast. And it's like, man, I'm not where I need to be, but I'm getting there. It's a journey. So give yourself some fucking grace. Pat yourself on the back and tune into the Winner's Paradigm podcast. If you really want to fucking win, let's get it. Julie, thank you so much for coming on the Winner's Paradigm. I really loved um learning you as a person, you know, and really learning your story, but I love the impact that was behind it. And even talking to you sidebar before we started, it was one of those where I already knew we we're going to have a great conversation um, off of some of the things. So would you mind giving us a brief introduction of who you are, what you're doing today and what you're so passionate about? Hey, yeah, I'd love to. Thanks. So um, I am a clinical psychologist. Uh, I am the founder of a concierge psychology private practice, which is pretty unique um, there's not a ton of people doing this, so it's probably uh, something that most people have not heard of. Um, but I'm a former armor, uh, a former army officer. We were chatting a little bit about that ahead of time about uh, sort of the veteran population. Um, uh, well, what else? So in addition to that, I'm starting to dabble in a couple of other things. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting once you sort of go out onto your own, you realize you really can do all of these things on your own. It's amazing uh, sort of how your mindset changes, I think. So, um, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you. And, and I'm going to touch up on that a little bit. I love the way you said that when you're on your own. And that was something I struggled with um, initially because I went into home improvement sales, mortgage brokerage, which sucked because I was my own boss in the Marine Corps at 19, 20. So I'm with 22 year olds and they're getting off mommy and daddy's couches. And it was just like complete mindset flip. But it was one of those where it was just like, yeah, I can't deal with this, you know, and even like starting my own business and trying to figure out the money aspect. It was just like, I'm going to do it no matter what. It doesn't really matter. You know, what's in front of me, I'm going to figure it out type deal because that's all you can do in those certain times. So in my case, it was part of the process. And I love that there. Um, so you mentioned, you know, psychology in there. Um, what are some of the things that you like to work on with your clients that's allowing them to be able to tap into these ways to maybe heal from some trauma that they had or to be able to, you know, see from a different perspective? Because I know sometimes, you know, we're conditioned one way and we just think that way that we really don't give ourselves that opportunity to see the other side. Yeah. So, you know, my private practice, uh, we specialize in working with high achieving individuals. So that can mean lots of different things. Um, but uh, typically what it means is working with professionals. So whether it is um, executives, uh, CEOs, uh, physicians, attorneys, politicians, um, you know, people that have pretty busy and demanding lives. Um, one of the reasons they come to see us specifically is because we have that experience, but also this, um, this concierge model. So um, typically these folks are people that want to go into a, you know, a more traditional um, mental health uh, private practice sort of setting, right? They don't want to wait in a busy waiting room. They don't want to drive across town. Um, they don't want to talk to uh, an administrator or a scheduler on the phone. Um, you know, they just want to jump right in and, and uh, you know, get to work on it, which is sort of Interesting. So uh, the military sort of set me up perfectly for that, right? That is very much the military mindset. Um, so, um, so several of the clients we see do have some trauma background, and it's really interesting. So whether they have come to us to actually work on the trauma that they have, uh, you know, gone through in the past, or it's new trauma, or it's something that they've overcome, but you know, as a result, they sort of realize that. Um, uh, self-growth and this sort of journey is something that continues throughout life. Um, lots of the folks that we see recognize that it is a lifelong sort of process, right? So as they become more successful, they actually figure out, um, you know, to get to that next level. Um, uh, the more I, the more I invest in myself, the better I become, the better I'm able to do for myself and do for others. And so that's sort of where we come in. That is awesome that you guys are able to do that. And I can directly resonate with that, you know, is um, I've done a little bit of research myself and it's really, that's what I love for this podcast, I'd say is really talking to high achievers. And I'm like, Hey, you know, how is your life measuring in all aspects and really learning and being like, Hey, if you can give me any tidbits, you know, what can I do? So I love that you guys do that because I feel like that's something. And let's touch up on that real quick. Um, so what are some of the factors? I know fear is a big motivating factor for a lot of business owners to where it's like they get there and then from there, it's still not enough. I know in my case, um, it was one of those where it was, you know, being achieving in the military and got to be E4, E6 position. And then I was supposed to get promoted and I ended up getting injured and gets ripped away. So for me, that was something I, I, you know, had to deal with, but it was one of those where it's like, no matter how much I was achieving, no matter how great I felt or other people told me I was, it was something that I never felt that void. 
Um, so what are some things that you'd suggest, you know, if anybody was going through that as well? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I think that people are surprised to hear, uh, again, so this sort of population, um, these are clients that uh, the rest of us would typically think, you know, what sort of problems do they really have? You know, at least that's our, that's our initial reaction, right? Like these are really successful people. You know, they don't have financial stressors. Um, typically, they're pretty stable in terms of their family lives. You know, what do they really have that they need uh, therapy for? What's going on with them? But it's interesting. Um, so, so many of them have worked so hard for so long. They have these huge goals, and then they finally achieve them. Uh, and then they get to this place of, well, now what? Right? Like, I, you know, I, I've worked so long and so hard for this thing, and now I've achieved whatever that is, and I'm just not sure what to do with myself after. I'm not as I'm not as excited as I thought I would be, or as I'm not as happy as I thought I would be. You know, I, I feel um, unfulfilled, even though I've reached this goal that I thought about for years and years and years. Um, and so we talk a lot about sort of reframing that, focusing more on the process as you go along, setting smaller goals. Um, you know, like uh, looking at milestones as opposed to this one major goal at the end, and then also. Um, this idea of other priorities and like what other things do we want in life. Um, and, you know, that's different for, for each person. What's important to me is probably not exactly what's important to you. Um, but not everybody has spent a ton of time really considering what is important to them. Uh, I think that's also really fascinating. So uh, there's this assumption with these people that are highly successful um, in their careers that they're also going to be highly successful in all other areas of their life. But lots of times, unfortunately, um, you know, they're neglecting other places or other aspects of their lives in order to be successful at work. So uh, sometimes we spend a lot of time with them working on that, right? Like, how do you also give time to yourself? How do you give time to these other places uh, or aspects of your life so that you can feel fulfilled uh, in those areas? Uh, I think what you said is really important about, um, you know, having an injury and then having it torn away from you. So again, we saw that all the time in the military, right? People sort of build their identities on something and then um, uh, that's taken away. So whether it's an injury and now physically you can't do the same things that you could, um, you know, maybe it is a business that you've built and then suddenly it's gone under. Maybe it's this relationship, you know, long-term marriages that suddenly end. Um, and then you're not left with anything else if that's all that you put yourself into. Um, so making sure that that is not it, right? That you don't have sort of tunnel vision and that you're doing things with your life besides just this one big thing. Um, you know, balance, I think, is really important. And so if somebody doesn't already have balance, that's a great place to start sort of talking about what else can we focus on? What else are you interested in? What makes you um, a more complete person, right? So a holistic perspective. I love the way you said that. And I resonate with it a lot, you know, just off some of those things. And yeah, I 100% agree, you know, when finding the balance and there's a guru, um, I talk about a lot. I can't stand the man for that reason. He over here keeps saying this like work, 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 work stuff. And oh, when you get there and this and I'm like, yeah, but then how is your relationship with your family? You know, how's the relationships with your kids? 
oh, you're not there. You can't go to their games. You know, you can't do these small things. Maybe you don't, you're not there for your wife. So it's like you do all these things and you're missing out. And in my case, it was working the 60 to 80 hours. You know, I put the time in there, but it was like, man, this isn't life. I'm basically being somebody else's slave to where it's like, I'm working all these hours, you know, calling all these leads. They're not answering. I'm frustrated. My mental health is shit because I'm not able to, you know, have my time like we were talking about. Um, so it was one of those for me that I seen. So I love the way that you said that. And let's let's segment off that, you know, and go further more. You mentioned um, having your own routine, basically, you know, having your own self-care time. How significant is that? Because sometimes we hear that it's selfish, that, you know, we're putting too much into ourselves. When in reality, it's like we need that time to maybe go outside, pray, meditate, clear our minds so we can be able to have a strategic plan and be like, hey, this is what I'm going to do during the day and then have those effective coping mechanisms. So when the stress comes, we're not over here, you know, flipping the heck out. I know for me, that's what the military brought me to is like, I would just go, you know, OCD would go off the walls. And then now I'm a completely different person versus now where I got that dialed in to where it's like, okay, if I get upset, well, I just work on my breath work for a little bit. And then, you know, five, 10 minutes. And now I'm able to calm down, actually can think versus before where it's like, oh, you're the enemy. And now I'm, I'm coming after you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's huge. Um, I think one of the reasons why people sort of push back against self-care is because it's become sort of this hot uh, topic. You know, it's pretty popular right now, sort of trendy and, and not everybody likes that. But uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's just so important if you don't have uh, your health, if you're not happy. Uh, I don't know that any of this other stuff really matters. Um, so, yeah. So um, I like to use this analogy with clients about, um, you know, when you're on an airplane and they tell you um, that you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you can take care of other people around you, right? So the same sort of idea. If you are not, um, you know, physically healthy, if you are not taking breaks to relax and rejuvenate, then you're not going to be the best fill in the blank, whatever it is, right? So employee or employer, husband, spouse partner, father, whatever it is, um, that you can be, um, you know, like that, that really is huge to us in terms of just how we feel and how we function day to day. Um, again, the population that, um, that I work with, uh, tends to have a hard time sort of pulling themselves away from things. So, uh, the way I like to frame it for them is you are actually more, productive, right? So there's research that shows actually taking breaks throughout the day, um, taking breaks to um, pull yourself away. So whether it means that you actually stop and eat lunch, right? Not looking at your screen and you actually stop and eat a meal as opposed to just plowing through the day. Um, those things actually make you more productive so that when you write that report, when you go to that meeting, when you give that presentation, whatever it is, you're going to be better at it than you would have been otherwise, right? So it, it's not just a matter of taking care of yourself, like as in this selfish act, but, you know, it really does make us better. It makes us able to show up better for the people that we care about and the things we take, we, we care about, right? Um, but, you know, on the other hand, um, it's okay to be selfish sometimes, right? I mean, we, we really should uh, focus more on the things that are important to us and what we like and what feels good to us. Another thing I like to talk about with clients is um, having fun. This is fascinating because people often say, you know, I'm not even sure what I like to do. I don't have any hobbies. I don't know. I don't know what I would do for fun. Um, so, you know, people that have been so laser focused on career and business and 
you know, these different achievements um, have stopped doing all the things that they have previously enjoyed. So now they don't have many friends. They definitely aren't participating in any sort of recreational activities. And so the idea of, uh, you know, doing something just for fun is very foreign to them, uh, which is too bad, right? Because if you're not enjoying life, what, what's really the point of all of this? No, I And it was just like, you know, this isn't me. Like that was my identity. And when I removed myself from it, now I didn't know how to act. And then it evolved into me reading books and, you know, watching YouTube videos and educating myself was fun to me to where it's like having those conversations with people on, hey, have you seen this show on Netflix? And I'm like, nah, I don't watch Netflix. I just don't have the time of the day. Plus going to school, you know, taking care of the little one. I was like, so when you're talking about taking breaks throughout the day, like I strategically, um, depending on how my body is, is either I wake up at 3 a.m. or wake up at 5. So at 3, you know, I'm tired throughout the whole day, so I got to get that hour nap in sometimes. I got to do the 50 minutes, but I coordinate that in the schedule to make it happen. And I'd say in my case, you know, being around um, high-end performers, you know, having a team that's completely dialed in to where they're there, making that money, me being brought on and learning these things, it's awesome because it's like they're already overachieving and I'm going through it and I'm like, man, you know, all these areas of life concern me or I don't know how I'm going to manage it and being able to have those answers and be like, no, you need to be able to have, you know, uh, a morning routine in some way, form or fashion to where, yeah, if you get up early, this is what you do. If you don't, this is what you still do to reel in the day. So it was something for me where it's like I stopped being the victim and being like, oh, well, I have extreme joint pain and I wake up wanting to throw up and hating life sometimes to being like, you know what, it may suck but I may just have to, to rest and then take care of myself before I can be able to do the next thing. So for me, it was looking at that. So in, in your career, you know, accomplishing a lot, going through extensive education, you know, what were some of the things that was allowing you to continually keep going when you had those, you know, adversity moments where you're like, I don't know if this is for me, or maybe, you know, you started the business and it was clicking, but you're like, yeah, there's something missing. I need to get to the bottom of it before I can move forward. Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I have, uh, you know, whether you want to call it tenacity or um, you know, my husband would probably say I'm just pretty stubborn, um, but I, I think that's a huge uh, driver for me. So once I decide to do something, uh, I'm pretty determined. I think that most people um, that are successful, at least successful in terms of accomplishing whatever it is that they put their mind to, uh, that determination, that grit sort of, right, is, is a huge part of that. So um, that is probably number one, I think. So having sort of the ambition to do whatever it is that you want to do um, and, and um, the ability to put off um, uh, sort of this short-term gratification uh, for me specifically, I think for people that have um, more education, just people that are in careers that are sort of more long-term, uh, that long-term gratification can be particularly difficult for some people, uh, probably a little bit difficult for all of us. So anyway, so being able to see sort of the long-term goals and the big picture um, are a piece of it, um, but just you know having the strength to sort of hang in there when life sucks and you're really tired of doing all of these terrible things you don't want to do anymore, right? Like nobody wants to study that much um, and going to classes for 
years uh, is not, it's no fun. And then you finish school and you're still not really in charge of yourself. And so uh, life continues to be terrible for a while. So anyway, so sort of like hanging in there and waiting for it to be your turn to do whatever, to do whatever it is that you want to do, I think, um, is part of it. Um, For me, another big part was having people to lean on, right? And at different points in my career, at different points in my life, it has been different people. Um, but that continues to be huge. I have um, colleagues now that since I've started my private practice, um, they have also started private practices. So um, I text, um, there are two other women, uh, another psychologist and a psychiatrist that I text with almost every single day, right? We text about our personal lives, but we also um, text about business and sort of like, hey, are you experiencing this? What are you doing about it? Um, so just having that support nice to know that there is somebody else there. There's somebody that's going through the same thing you are. And knowing too that, um, you know, if I've had a bad day, there's just somebody that will tell me to stop feeling sorry for myself and, you know, like get my shit together and tomorrow's a new day. Everything's going to be fine. You know what? I love that so much because that's how it is with my business partners. Um, for instance, like I was stressing out or something, or I wanted to pitch an idea and it was just like, I'm so far into it and emotionally invested. And then he's like, no, nah, we're going to do this. And I was like, what do you mean we're going to do this? And he's like, this is why we're doing it. I'm like, okay. And it was one of those for me where it was like the ego is coming and I'm already emotionally charged. And I'm like, this is going to happen. And this is how this conversation is going to go. And it's like completely, or I come with a problem and they're like, here's a solution. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? You know, he's like, all right, well, it looks like we have a little more work to do. So I definitely love that. You know, I have a coach as well. Um, who's one of my good friends, you know, and when we do uh, meditation or start working on things and it's, I say certain things and uh, he's like, you know what, you said, try 12 times in the past minute. So either doing it or you're not. And I was just like, uh, and he goes, so you're doing it or you're not. I'm like, I'm doing it. And it was one of those to where it's like, you're not going to like this. You're not going to want to hear this, but this is what you need to hear. Yes. Yeah. I love that. You know, I am biased. Um, I think that everyone can use therapy, coaching, these are all great tools. Um, but yeah, it doesn't it make a huge difference. It's sort of like um, figuring out your own stuff and then figuring out how your own stuff plays a role um, when it gets mixed in with everybody else's stuff. And then just having somebody that can sort of steer you in the right direction at times. Um, you know, personal connections are fantastic. Uh, and that's really important too. But some of us need something that's a little bit different. So um, coaching is great. Coaching can be very specific. So whether it's, um, you know, that you want to lose weight and exercise more, just be healthier physically, um, or you want to focus on your career. Um, For some people, therapy might be a better sort of uh, angle if you've had past trauma, if you have some mental health symptoms or um, some relationship issues, that might be a better approach. But yeah, I think lots of the people that I see are successful because they have reached out for help in the past because they're reaching out for help now. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that we still tend to see it as we looking for uh, mental health support rather for touching up on that and saying that therapy can be influential to many, you know, can definitely help them. Um, I spent about 16 years of my life doing therapy. And it was one thing for me that I just felt eventually, you know, getting older, don't get me wrong, 
this is why I'm doubling down more and I'm learning about it from different people um, is and my wife says that, you know, I may have had the wrong people who before they just didn't align with me. And it was something to where it's like, I'm talking about trauma and then, oh, you're this way, you're this, or it's like something. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't helping me. Like, oh, that, or I had one in the military. And she's like, oh, download this app and it teaches you breathing and, and do the one, two, three method. And I'm like, no. And then that's the same one who put me on antidepressants and for a neuro blocker for my knee. And they're like, this is the, the bowl and here's your water and your serotonin. And I'm like, no, that's not how it is. I'm telling you, I take this medication. I start thinking negatively. I start crying at work, having panic attacks. It's not that, you know? So for me, it was one of those where I became rebellious on it. And, and I was like, I've done all these years and don't get me wrong. You know, they helped me peel back the layers. And I'll say, that's a great thing is I peel back the layers. I sat, you know, understood it, but at the same time, it never helped me be able to be in my own, uh, be in a room by myself and to be able to kind of like not control my thoughts, but be at peace with my thoughts because you can never really control it. So in my case, it was, you know, being there, being able to be present in the moment and then versus, you know, started dipping in this uh, spirituality meditation. And that's where, you know, my coach, um, one of my brothers, he went through the same thing, you know, was a, a firefighter, had tremendous amount of PTSD and started going through, you know, working through his process. So it's similar as forms of therapy. And that's what I learned is like, different people are going to be able to help you differently. And it's really like a therapy session. It's like, we'll do the, the breath work and how do you feel? And then I'm saying things and how do you feel about this? Or you mentioned this and this, what kind of reaction is that? You know, how are you feeling today? And it's like, yeah, you know, this has helped me, but it's allowed me to really learn my own process of, hey, you know, this is what you can do when you get upset. This is what you can do when things aren't going well, when you have the anxiety versus before it's like, I couldn't string both of those together but it was more a fact of, you know, finding the right person to be able to allow me to do that. So that's one of the things, you know, it's like, I was so against therapy and it's like, you know what, I'm not, you know, I've, I recently did it as well. I paid for three sessions and it was like, two of them didn't, weren't as effective for me. And the third one was, so it was like really figuring out, all right, you know, not everybody has the same experience. Some people have to do other things, or you have to find that person who can meet you on your level and be like, Hey, this is what you can do. Yeah. Yeah. That is a great point. So therapy is tricky. It is definitely um, a different sort of healthcare relationship um, than other sort of practitioners that you see. So for example, your uh, family physician, right? If you go see that person for a sinus infection and you don't particularly like them, you don't connect with them so much, is it going to have a huge influence in terms of your treatment and your overall health um, or the resolution of that condition? Probably not. So most sinus infections are treated in the same way. Um, and, and then you're going to be on your way, right? Versus therapy. Um, uh, research tells us, in fact, that the most important piece of all of this is the relationship. So I usually tell people right from the beginning, you know, you may not like me. Uh, I know it's hard to believe, but you may not like me. Um, if that is the case, you know, you just need to let me know. And I am more than happy to find somebody else that is a better match for you. You know, it's not personal. I understand it's just, you know, not everybody likes everybody else. Not everybody makes a great connection. That's okay. But the important part is finding you somebody that you do connect with, because that is the person that's going to be able to help you. Right. So if you are not all in with me, if you don't feel like you can trust me or really talk to me, uh, you're not going to come in and do the work that you really need to do to get better. So I'm not going to be able to help you. You're not going to come, right? We really have to sort of drill down and figure out what is important to you and what you need. Um, one thing I would like to say, though, about that is um, 
something I see often, I mean, this is sort of like across the board, this happens in mental health is uh, somebody goes to a therapist, they don't, they don't like the person or they don't really like what's happening in therapy. And then they just drop out. You know, it's not necessarily the worst thing. If you go see a therapist, you don't like that therapist. And then you just don't go back um, there. You know, there's probably better, better approaches than just not going back. But um, typically most people stop going and then they stop going to therapy completely. Right. Because they're frustrated with the process. They're frustrated with the system. And then they think, well, you know, maybe therapy is not for me. Maybe I'm not going to get any better. And then they don't get the, the care that they need, or at least not right away, which is too bad. Um, so I think it's important for us to talk about that. Right. So, you know, maybe you go one time and you don't like the setting or you don't like the person or you don't like the type of therapy. That's OK. That's all pretty normal. Um, but so go either tell that same provider, right, this worked for me or this didn't work for me. I like this. I don't like this. Um, or just try somebody else. So that can be really frustrating, especially if, I mean, this is the hard part of it, though. If you're very depressed or anxious or you're having all of these issues, um, you know, going from therapist to therapist can be really difficult to do. But I think in the end, it's worth it. Um, it's great if you see a good therapist, even if they're not the right therapist for you, they will help you find somebody, right, that can be uh, the best match for you. And then that's what will make a big difference. I love that you said that again, because that's huge. And I've dealt with that as well, you know, how to go to the court system when I was younger and uh, supervised visits. So for me, you know, supervised visits and therapy was very similar. So it was one of those that I didn't like. Also did uh, family therapy. My dad would just shit on me for 50 minutes so that was uh definitely tough for me and it molded me into that way of being like hey this isn't for me type deal and then it was you know really that connectivity or bringing up the past but not talking effectively of hey how do I not mask this how do I sit with this how do I journal for instance and be able to process this because in my case it's like we're having a conversation and I may feel good but in six months from now the same problems bothering me so it was really diving into those things so we'll wrap it up here with the last question um, what would you say to somebody right now, if they're at square one, like we were, you know, in the beginning, they're recalibrating their mindset, they're trying to figure out, hey, you know, how do I align myself with my definition of success, and really figure out how to be able to, you know, get that momentum and start going forward? Yeah, again, I'm, I'm obviously very biased, but I think there. place to start. But if those are things that you're just not interested in doing right now, or they're not available to you for whatever reason, um, there are lots of different solutions in terms of learning more about yourself. So, um, you know, learning how to acknowledge and uh, observe, recognize your emotions, um, thinking more about your thinking, um, be more compassionate with yourself about mistakes, right? All of these sorts of things um, learning to listen to your emotions. Um, most of us don't know how to do that, right? We either block our emotions completely or we're all in with our emotions, right? So, um, uh, whereas I guess what I'm suggesting is something maybe more in the middle, emotions are just another data point in terms of the best ways to make decisions. So anyway, so all of these different ideas, um, sort of like the the psychology of a successful individual, right? And there are lots of different ways you can get this information. So there are great blogs on the internet. There's lots of great self-help books. 
Um, you'll just have to sort through, you know, if you go that route, that's fantastic. And those are those are options. Um, you might have to sift through some of that information though. I think that can be um, a little daunting for people, but it is definitely out there. You know, you can follow people on social media and uh, listen to podcasts, right? All of these uh, excellent places to get information. So I think find somebody just like a therapist, find somebody that you like their message and what they have to say, and then, uh, you know, go all in on whatever that is. I love the way you said that. And I thank you again, Dr. Julie. Now, where can people find you if they want to keep up with you? They want to hear more about your story or what you're preaching about because you've been amazing here today. Thank you. So uh, so the private practice site is halcyontherapygroup.com. Uh, and then you can find more about my work specifically at drjulielandry.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was an honor to be able to talk with you today. I know our audience will definitely love it. So thank you again. Thanks for having me. It was great to be here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of my journey. I need you guys to do me a favor. Go to thewinnersparadigm.com and subscribe to our newsletter. That way you can be able to keep up and learning how to be able to recalibrate your mindset, learning helpful, effective tools that are going to get you to that next motherfucking level, but also learn how you can be able to get done for you podcasting production that's going to be able to 10x your growth so you can just focus in on what you're fucking great at, delivering your killer message, and then I do all the hard legwork for you. You're going to want to check that out. The reason why you do that you go to that, excuse me, is going to be subscribing to thewinnersparadigm.com. Once we get your email in that newsletter, you're going to know exactly what's going to happen here. Last thing, leave a five-star rating and review. That way we can keep this podcast going. It's been an immense honor getting to jam with people and really jumping into this. This is just the beginning. I know we're about to be episode 100. So just tune in because there's a whole lot more coming. I've got my story. You got yours. Drop blood, sweat, and tears on the floor Then look the devil right in the eyes And told him I want more When it's time to walk through hell's kitchen I ain't afraid to lace my boots back up Been there and back a couple times But I made it through that stuff I realized if you wanna win You gotta recalibrate your mindset Before there's no time left